Oh boy. <laughs> that was a lot of songs. We ended up taking a much longer break than we had meant to, and uh, I ate three donuts, made myself some very cold, cold coffee. Uh, so, <laughs> we started off with Glenn Miller, Pennsylvania 65,000. Uh, then we went on to I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire by the Ink Spots. Next, This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. Um, Moving On Over by Hank Williams and the Drifting Cowboys. Lover Man by Billie Holiday. Ornithology by Charlie Parker. Boogie Chillin' by John Lee Hooker. And finally, I'll Never Smile Again by Tommy Dorsey, Frank Sinatra, and the Pied Pipers. You're listening to 97.5 WOBN, The Wild Card. My brain is starting to go away. I don't know how Tim did it from 12 to 4 a.m. You're listening to Retrospection... Excuse me. Retrospection Radio Hour right here on College Radio Day on the Foost... The Foost. The Foost. (laughs) The Foost. The first of Spooktober. Uh, my my mind, my words are just slurring a little bit because I'm starting to get tired. But now the caffeine is starting to hype up a little bit because I'm feeling myself speaking faster. So, uh, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yes, the first of Spooktober. Now, Retrospection Radio Hour, for the past three hours, we've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about World War II. Uh, the war. The war. The war to end all wars. Number two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. And uh, World War II is now over. Um, and now we have the 1940s. Uh, so so here's, a, here's a little fun fact. Um, a gallon of gas cost 11 cents at the start of the decade, and by the end of the decade, it was 18 cents. So, counting for inflation, 11 cents is $1.99 for gas. Uh, or sorry, one dollar ninety-two for gas, and eighteen cents is a dollar ninety-nine for gas. So uh, <laughs> those are some pretty low gas prices. Um, my brain, my brain go bad, bad. Uh, the life expectancy of men was sixty point eight years, and females. Uh, men and females women were 65.2 years uh the u.s government spent 9.47 billion dollars the federal debt was 50.7 billion dollars um and employment unemployment was 14.6 percent uh which is pretty high uh and then an issue of life magazine was 10 cents um a first class stamp was three cents Oh, sorry, not even three cents. 0.03 cents. Um, some of the inventions that came around, um, some of the firsts, the inventions and the wonders. Uh, Three Stooges did a short comedy film. You Nazi Spy uh, was released. It was the first Hollywood parody of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, which eventually, you know, Charlie Chaplin, and a lot of people started jumping on. Uh, Robin the Boy Wonder made his debut in Detective Comics number 38. The Superman Radio Show, if you've never listened to that, I wish we were allowed to play that on here. Wonderful radio show that debuted in the 40s. What'd you say? We can't play that? Probably not. We might actually be able to. I don't know. I'd have to talk with Hannah about that because I... 
I've been wanting to play a few of Retrospection's radio plays on here. Um, so maybe. That's that's a Hannah question. Um, uh, Tom and Jerry cartoon shorts created by Tunes William Hanna. Yep. Looney Tunes, MGM. Um, I think they play. They would play them in like theaters before like the uh, the feature film, like kind of like how they used to play like film serials. <coughs> they play cartoons. So people started yelling Geronimo around this time period. Um, that term came up uh, because of a private Aubrey uh, Eberhardt in 1940. He was testing parachutes and claimed that he wasn't scared. He yelled the name when he jumped to prove this. And the rest of the platoon did not want to be shown up, so they all yelled, Geronimo. And uh, from that point on, whenever people jumped off of things, they'd yell, Geronimo! Funny how that works. Uh, well, yeah, so Bugs yelling, Bunny. Why were they yelling the name of like a, an Indian chief? Because <laughs> I think it was an Indian chief. I I don't know. I th- I think the idea was just, he was trying to prove he wasn't scared, so I think he was showing. He just wanted to yell some random guy's name. Yeah, well, I, I think he respected the chief or wh- whatever it was. Basically, to show he wasn't scared by yelling, ah! He instead yelled Geronimo. Right on. I like that. I like that. It's a, it's a good way. Or it's a good thing. Also, during the 40s, well, kind of in the late 30s, you had kind of an overlooked figure in the uh in the world of music i i would say not entirely overlooked but somewhat and that's les paul the man who <laughs> had a guitar named after him that's right built after him so les paul was a very remarkable man very remark like a crazy inventor i believe he invented the um like the harmonica like harp rack holder thing you know like what bob dylan and woody guthrie you know folk singers use it's like a thing that goes around your neck holds your harmonica i believe he invented that he also developed the solid body electric guitar the electric guitar was mostly developed for like hawaiian like lap steel guitars because in like hawaiian bands and stuff the guitar wasn't very loud so they Somebody developed a um, an electrified version of that so they could be heard over the rest of the band. And uh, the first was called the frying pan because it looked like a frying pan. But uh, but Les Paul was the one who made developed the electric guitar as we know it today. And he uh, at first he made it out of a piece of railroad track with like a magnet on it and some other you know some strings on it but uh you know he eventually figured out you can't really carry around like a giant like a a hunk of railroad track so then he was like all right i'm gonna use a block of wood so he developed what he called the log which was just a big thick block of wood with two pickups on it and, you know, the strings and the bridge and stuff. And he basically took two halves of a guitar and attached them to the side and put, like, a neck on it. And that was the first electric guitar. Wasn't mass-produced, but it was made. And also, uh, but eventually in the 
I believe 1952 was where he had the Gibson design the Les Paul guitar, which is known for being played by just about everybody, you know, Jimmy Page and blah, 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 yada, yada. Everybody plays Les Pauls. That's like the rock and roll guitar, but Les Paul was, I don't know if he played a lot of like rock and roll, rock and roll. He actually didn't really like distortion. He wanted like really clear tone so he would make stuff that like wouldn't buzz or make any noise or anything like that which is kind of ironic because the Les Paul nowadays is known for big loud rock and roll with a lot of noise and distortion which I find pretty funny but Les Paul is a legend and on the other side of the tracks you have Leo Fender who uh was designing his own electric guitar and I believe they designed uh, him and another guy or maybe it was him I'm not sure I don't know as much about Leo Fender as I do about Les Paul unfortunately but Leo Fender designed a solid body electric guitar for mass production in 1948 I believe but Les Paul is like the guy he developed you know that he also in the 50s developed multi-track recording and stuff like that invented that so yeah Les Paul is basically a legend and uh he is awesome and for our 50s one I I will have one of his songs in our in our music break because I love Les Paul so all the uh, songs that you heard tonight and that you hear uh, every time we do a show. By the way, Retrospection Radio Hour, I don't know if I said this. You can listen on tncmedia.org to all the previous shows. Um, but if you want to listen to Retrospection Radio Hour or the Radio Theater, you can listen at www.retrospectionradio.com. Um, or you can tweet us right now live on Twitter at underscore retro radio underscore. And uh, we, will, we will happily... Read what you uh, want to say on air. Um, right on. We'll also right try. On. Can we also figure out if we can get people to call in? Because I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Um. I I will go ahead and give a few. I I've got a few things I got to ask Hannah then. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I uh, I'll ask her uh, if she'd mind teaching me how to do the call-in feature, and uh, we'll have a few friends call in at first, and then you know you should be able to call in. Um, Colin features pretty cool. So I'm gonna bring us back. We got about 50 minutes. I would love to end right at midnight just to have it like a complete 24-hour period. That and I'm already exhausted. I'm halfway through this like very cold cup of coffee, and uh, I feel slightly <laughs> sick to my stomach. <laughs> oh man, it's so bad. Yeah, I saw your face when you were. Yeah, it's you like, did not look like you enjoyed you know, I it. Put, I put I put a bunch of Splenda and. Uh, milk in it to try and like get rid of the just like cold coffee taste and now it oh, just no, tastes like get, bad you can't get rid of that it just tastes like cold you can't drink it cold I've like, tried it's like when you drink like a thing of alcohol that's just so strong and all you taste is like motor oil it's awful <laughs> um, so 1940 uh, let's let's get through our decade uh, 1940, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt is uh, elected for a third, ter- a third term. I am going to stutter over my words. Uh, brain go tired, eyes hurt. Um, 
uh, Roosevelt, what a great guy, ends up signing in the military draft. Um, and this is made during peacetime in the United States, but, you know. Uh, Mount Rushmore is completed in 1941. Uh, 1941, you got Pearl Harbor. Um, GI Bill is signed in by FDR. Uh, let's see. I got a few things on here. The thing is, like, everything historically is very, uh, very World War II focused for the early 40s. So, uh, with Robin being debuted, uh, Robin's a little bit after this, uh, Captain America is made in 1941, uh, where he punches Hitler in the face. Um, one of the best comic book covers of all time. <laughs> Um, the Cocker Spaniel is the most popular dog breed of the decade. Really? Yeah. Well, pretty cool. Um, 1941, Mount Rushmore's done after 15 years of working on it. Man. They sculpted it out of dynamite. <laughs> well, some of it. Boom, boom. Uh, so, 1940, the draft is instituted. 1942, the draft age is lowered from 21 to 18. That's I, just that's just terrible. Yeah, I. Oh, well, it's because they needed more people, and people were like, "We want to go fight the Nazis." But we it's need like, numbers. Exactly. I mean, they. We already know the Americans and the Allied forces in general did not care about their people on D Day. They threw them in and said, "Don't worry, you'll live." It's like it's Maybe. okay. Just win. <laughs> if it's okay if you die, as long as we win. 1942, in November, uh, Casablanca premieres in New York City. That is a really good movie. Um, the U.S. Congress in 1942 uh, creates several branches of the armed forces for women to join the war effort, including the Army Women's Auxiliary Corps, um, or WACs, uh, the Navy's Waves, the Coast Guard's Spars, and Women Air Force Service Pilots. Um Women were still not allowed to see combat, but at least they were, you know, in the military at this point, if they wanted to be. Um, United States and Canada uh, in 1942. Um, I didn't realize Canada did this, too. Uh-oh. Looks like I got some Canadian history to read up on. Uh, what did Canada do? Uh, so you know how concentration camps exist? In a, did Canada did that, too? Yeah. Who were they interning? The Japanese. <sighs> Japanese Americans and Japanese Canadians, <laughs> because they thought that they would be a security threat during the war, because they thought that the Japanese uh, citizens, uh, the American, Canadian, Japanese citizens, would be the ones who were, uh, you know, spying, I guess. But they wouldn't do the Germans, even though the Germans had, like, fierce... Lo well, I guess the Japanese had this, too. I, I just don't understand why the Germans weren't in there, too, because the Germans were fiercely loyal to Germany. So, like, I don't know. Very strange. In 1943, the Pentagon is completed. Um, Eisenhower takes control of the Allied forces uh, as the Supreme Allied Commander. What a title. Um, Jacques Cousteau and uh, Emile Gagnon, Gagnon uh, invent the aqualung. 
Aqualung? Jethro, like, like the album by Jethro Tull? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what the Aqualung is. It's, well, an al- it's an album by Jethro Tull. It's a really good album, too. Uh, oh. That's what an Aqualung is. What is it? Does it help you breathe underwater? Mm-hmm. I knew it. It's the, uh, it, it's basically air tanks. Oh, okay. Um, That's a funny name to call it. Yeah, Aqualung. Huh. And also in 1943, Mr. Albert Hoffman is the first person to use LSD. <laughs> You're very hung up on that fact. I think it's funny. <laughs> so uh, the longest running show in television history, which is still on today, Meet the Press, debuted in 19... 19- or sorry, November 6, 1947. Uh, I jumped ahead. I didn't mean to go to 1947 already. Uh, 1943, uh, Jacques Cousteau, Emile. Ah, this is something we didn't talk about. In World War II, in 1943, uh, there is a uh, uprising that takes place uh, in the Warsaw Ghetto by uh, Jewish Germans. Oh, I guess not even just Germans at that point. Um by the Jews who were held there. I can't think of words right now. Yeah. So they had a they had a nice little uprising. And it, well, nice little uprising. Ugh. Uh, Roosevelt, in 1944, is elected to a fourth term, becoming the only person to ever do so. Uh, and then he dies in 1945. <laughs> uh, Operation Overlord D-Day sees 150,000 Allied troops successfully storm the beaches of Normandy and France. Uh, they don't explain how many people actually died. <laughs> Popular musician and band leader Glenn Miller is reported missing while on his way to perform for troops in Paris. I forgot about that. Yeah, he died in a plane crash. Yeah. Of course, if you're a musician, stay away from planes. Yeah. Looking at you, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, Leonard Skinner. Even Stevie Ray Vaughan, but that was a helicopter, but still an aircraft. What is it with aircraft and musicians? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> aircraft kills so many musicians, but Hollywood stars, they're just fine. But, you know, if you, if you like to make music, you're dead. It's like even if you're famous, even if you're a baseball player, an airplane can kill you. An airplane killed Roberto Clemente. <laughs> like, come on now. What's going on with airplanes? We gotta just start walking everywhere. That's what I'm thinking. You want to go to England? Just walk there. That's right. You can just you walk to England. That's right. They're not an island. Um, nah, poor Glenn funny. Miller. If you oh. if you walk fast enough, you can get there. I would have liked to see Glenn Miller do more cool stuff. I would have loved if he lived longer. I would have loved if he kind of got to the '60s and like '70s with the kind of techno stuff. I don't know if he would have respected that type of music or not. Who knows? Maybe. He- I don't know. I, I would have liked to see him like collaborate with like people and stuff like that, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those guys kind of went under when I mean, there were still like legendary like people, you know, like Count Bassie and stuff like that. They were still like popular in the 60s and stuff like that. Even Chuck Berry and stuff. Yeah, were, like, well, that's that's your early rock and rock and roll, your doo-wop stuff. Yeah, and even but even like when the um like the more I guess you could say like psychedelic rock people started coming into the fray in like the late 60s. Yeah, well, I would have loved to see a Even Glenn like Miller all, ELO. 
Yeah, that would be cool. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, there was like Herb Alpert's Tijuana Brass. They were really popular with like everybody. Like everybody loved them. I love them. I mean, who doesn't love her? I mean, come on now. Whipped Cream and Other Delights. That is a great album. But we're getting too ahead of ourselves with that. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't want to rant too much. I'm losing focus <laughs> fast. Uh, so <laughs> Me too. I'm starting to get tired and loopy. Mahatma Gandhi is released from prison in 1944. Woo! I was about to say, <laughs> woo! Gandhi Go started 10 years ago, and now he's just... Uh, He's getting out of prison now. He's been in prison for 10 years? Ah, uh, pretty much. Well, I don't think he's been in prison for 10 years. He started in the 30s with uh, Indian independence. And, oh, okay. Uh, 1945, the United Nations uh, is created. Um, 50 nations signed the charter. Uh, Vietnam declares independence from France under the Ho Chi Minh. Um, and Harry Truman becomes the president of the United States after FDR dies. We talked about that already. Uh, 1946, this is where we're getting into post-war time. Uh, the ENIAC, Electronic Numeral Integrator and Computer. Yes. Uh, first it. ever electronic computer is unveiled at the University of Pennsylvania. And it is ginormous. It is massive. Huge. It's like room-sized, right? Yes. <laughs> Because the, <laughs> the Colossus was the first, but the ENIAC was, like, the the one that most people know. That's the one that's norm that's uh, commonly credited as, like, the first computer and stuff like that. And also around, like, the late 40s. Oh, wait, no. That's, that has nothing to do with computers. Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, you know how the United States was so interested in keeping the Philippines defended? Yeah. It's because we own them. Um, oh, oh, and yeah. in 1946... Did that uh, change? Yes. The Philippines become independent um, after being ruled by the U.S. for 48 years. 48? That's a lot longer that than is, uh, I thought it would be. That is... So I mean, that's, that's into the 1800s. That's, yeah. I mean, a lot can happen in that amount of time. So, Two world wars happen in that amount of time. I was going to say. <laughs> um, so now, pretty much... Uh, you got Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico are the two things that U.S. still kind of owns. Um, other than that, like Philippines and... Do you still own Guam? I don't know. I feel like we probably do. Um, I don't know. Probably. America only cares about America, and then, you know, they go, oh, right, Puerto Rico exists. And then Guam and Virgin Islands. Oh, man. Don't get Ooh. me started on that. <laughs> what? Those are places on Earth, huh? I remember hearing that, like, Puerto Rico was, they were trying to become the 51st state. Yeah, well, Puerto Rico think, is like I Ireland. But I don't think America wants, I don't think America wants to do that. There, I, and, I, and I think I know, I have a theory. It's a pretty. A game theory. It's a pretty. <laughs> no, come on. You can't catch me <laughs> off guard with that. But I have a conspiracy theory as to why they won't add a 51st state. Because they'll have to change the flag. Because it's an odd number, and odd numbers are evil. They'll have to either add two more, or one more, or none. And I think it's easier to add none, because yeah. they won't have to change the flag. Well, so that is, like I said, Puerto Rico's Ireland. Because uh, they, Puerto Rico's always a will, they won't, they. And every time they've been given the chance to vote within their people, whether or not they want to, it's always really 50-50. Um... Because some people just don't. 
which is fine. Puerto Rico's interesting. Uh, it's very, it's got a very interesting history, uh, especially with the Spanish. Um, but I don't care about Puerto Rico right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, see you later, Puerto Rico. <laughs> see, you, see you later, Puerto Rico. We're going back to 1946. I uh, bet you wish you were the Philippines. So the BBC resumes regular television broadcasting um, because, what you happened? know. It got bombed off the air in World War II. It's a blitzkrieg. <laughs> oh, that that explains it. Uh, Tupperware was invented ten years before, uh, pretty much ten years before, uh, between ten and fifteen. Was was it when it was mass produced during this time? Yes, department stores now start to sell Tupperware, uh, and then Winston Churchill. That, that must have literally. That must have just gone insane. Like, people were just like, you can store your food in plastic? <laughs> and they were just like, what? Now it's just like, we just take that for granted. We're just like, oh, here's some Tupperware. Put a, put my sandwich in here for tomorrow. Back then, it's like, you can put a sandwich in a, in this and save and it for tomorrow? <laughs> they, uh, so uh, Winston Churchill left in 1945. 1946, he gives the Iron Curtain speech. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it is a very, very famous speech about uh, the free countries and the less free communist Soviet Union. Those darn reds. Uh, 1947. Uh, India and Pakistan become independent from the United Kingdom. So Mahatma Gandhi succeeded. Good old Gandhi. Uh, the Polaroid instant camera is demonstrated. Jackie Robinson becomes a part of the Dodgers, becoming the first African-American to play baseball for the major league. Jackie Robinson is awesome. Ferrari starts to produce sports cars. <laughs> when was this? 1947. 1947. 1948, Israel becomes an independent Jewish state. In 1948, the... Uh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi is assassinated. Um, Great Britain creates the National Health Service. Uh, George de Mestrel, a Swiss engineer, creates Velcro, uh, but patents it in 1955. Um, he waited quite a while to patent that. And the first NASCAR race uh, is held in Daytona Beach. Oh, yeah, the NASCAR 1949, NATO is established. Also, in 1948, this is somewhat important. In in the post-war era, there were a lot of nonconformist people in America. They called themselves, well, they were just, uh, you know, traveling around America trying to find out what America is all about, you know, listening to jazz. You like like jazz? Stuff like that, you know, just trying to find out what it's all about. And one of these guys is a cool cat named Jack Kerouac. He's traveling around America. In about 1948, he coins the term the Beat Generation. The Beatniks, if you will. And these are like proto-hippies. <laughs> but um, Proto-hippies. Basically, they kind of went against the grain in terms of like writing and poetry and stuff. Wrote a lot of weird stuff. You had Allen Ginsberg, William S. Burroughs, and... Uh, am I missing anyone else? Neil Cassidy. He didn't really write a lot, but he was a very important beatnik uh, folk hero because he plays a major role in 
Jack Kerouac's book On the Road, which is released about nine years later. But uh, the Beat Generation is coined in 1948. You can go on. I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> um, so uh, I figured this would be pretty interesting. Uh, we'll get into the toys. Or Sorry, not toys. Not yet. 1949. Uh, NATO uh, Mao establishes the People's Republic of China, which was not for the people, which was not a republic, but it was of China. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry about that. Your eyes got so wide, I was like, were you surprised Mao existed? Oh, no, no it's because, uh, well, Chairman Mao is a, he, I have a, he's a very shocking person to me <laughs> because of the fact, it's like, I remember when I heard, like, you know, I heard about, it's like, Hitler was responsible for the death of, like, 12 to, I think, 12 million people in total. Six million, you know, like, six million, I think six million of which were Jewish people. But then I found out about Stalin, and they were like, oh, yeah, Stalin had about 20 million people killed. And I was like, I was like really? <laughs> and then I found out about Chairman Mao. He had 78 million people killed in his life. And I was like, "Why does? Well, why don't we talk about him?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, wait, I was like, you can, you can do that." It's like that's possible. It's like, uh, and it was called the Great Leap Forward, and I was like, "That's not a, that's not a Great Leap Forward. That's just a great amount of people that you killed." Oh, that sounds like China. Their, their their history, uh, and that's just scary. Like just one man can be responsible for the deaths of that many people. I mean, I'm not saying that like you're worse for more people. You're you're, you're bad if you kill any amount of people, but like to go to jump from like 12 million to 20 million to 78 million in like this <laughs> around the same time. I was gonna say not even half a decade. Like within a few decades of each other. I mean, the, I think it was like 78 million people over the course of a few decades. But that's a lot of people, period. But, like, how do you – it's like, why? I don't – I just don't get it. I, it's horrible. Chairman Mao, he's just – he's just a crazy dude, man. That's the, that's the understatement of the century. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we said the same thing about Hitler last time, or something very close. Just a very strong understatement of the century about just how awful well, because the everybody, they were. Because everybody says everything about them to the point where you just kind of start making understatements because people don't say those as much. <laughs> so uh, uh, 45 RPM records are introduced in 1949. Also, uh, the first ever test flight of the Havland Comet I can't that? actually read if that's Comet or Cor Yeah, it's Comet. What is that? Uh, that is the first ever commercial passenger jet. Ooh. What is really cool... Um, oh, let me find it. Uh, in 1947, uh, Charles Yeager broke the sound barrier. Uh, he broke in, the sound barrier in the 40s? Yep. Bell X-1 was the... Uh, Name of the plane at 45,000 feet. He was going Mach 1. Well, yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I have a series of just fun facts 
Uh, do you want to hear about the toys or do you want to hear about the fun facts? I want to hear about the toys first. Yeah, I figured. Uh, the toys, I will admit, are, aren't quite as exciting as I thought they'd be. Uh, so here are some of the toys from the 1940s. The slinky one of them? Uh, I don't know. Uh, some of the first toys were uh, an army truck, uh, an anti-aircraft gun. Um, oh, so just weapons. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very American. No, it's like a toy anti-aircraft gun. Uh, it was on the back of the army truck. Um, a tractor and a trailer, a dump truck, a car transporter wagon. Um, and they were all between 12 and 18 inches made of steel. Uh, and they were 98 cents. That's pretty good. Now, this is uh, almost the most expensive thing. Uh, $2.98. Actually, now that I look at this, this is that's one of lo- the cheaper things. That's probably a lot for the time. It is. I mean, considering gas was less than a dollar. It was... Less than 50 cents. Yeah, it, it was like, what, 18 cents? By the end, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it was, a, it was 11 at the beginning, 18. So... the. These, I wish I was paying that much for gas. <laughs> <laughs> these uh these toys were more expensive than gas. Um which I guess toys kinda are nowadays if you've ever looked at a Lego I think set. Toys have always been more expensive than gas. Yeah. Um so next you get the Blackbird crystal set. What's that? Um basically it's like a little radio. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can listen up to uh, 75 miles away using an earphone, and you uh, it, it comes with 75 feet uh, aerial and 25 feet ground wire. I don't know what that means. Um, I imagine you just tap into just the radio stations or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. How to make your own pirate radio station. As a a kid, yay! My first pirate radio station. So, so far, this is the most expensive thing on the list. Everything else is cheaper. Um, The Vincent Gilbert Electric Train Set. It is $29.95 plus $5.98 for a 150-watt transformer. Are these the same Gilbert people that were making um, the chemistry sets that had, like, uranium in it? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, everything science Gilbert liked to do. So they made uh, basically an electric <laughs> train. Um, with Model trains are cool. Yeah, basically a model train toy. Um, and they also would make the erector construction sets. Erector sets? Yeah. I think those are really cool, too. And I, I find it sad that there's not a lot of those around nowadays. So like you can make like cranes and stuff out of them and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that, those are cool. Yeah, it came with uh, the set came with AC motor, gearbox, base plates, girders, that type of stuff. Like that's awesome. You can just assemble your own. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna make a crane. I'm 10 years old. I'm just gonna build a crane in my room today. What do we have now? I'm gonna play Fortnite today. The times have really changed. I gotta say. We've come a long way. <laughs> a, a very long way. <laughs> I'm thinking, as a child, I bought Star Wars toys and Playmobil and Lego, and yeah. these kids from the 40s were like, oh, well, well, Papa, I'd really enjoy if I had to train. I want my truck. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want my truck with an anti-aircraft gun. <laughs> I, want, 
I'm gonna play with my truck today. Let's go outside and play trucks. <laughs> um, well, that's when cowboys and Indians was starting to get popular too. Cowboys were really popular because there were a lot of westerns and stuff during that yeah. time, like Tom Mix and stuff like that. Um, so next, you got the portable electric phonograph, um, which has six records of nursery rhymes included. That was five dollars and seventy-five cents. Uh, which is still cheaper than anything Gilbert has put out. Um, then you have a walnut-finished piano in spinet style. So it's just a smaller piano. Um, it's like the tiny little bell pianos for kids. Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. I like those. Um, here's a steel truck for $1.59. Um, it is nearly two feet long wow. i like how all this stuff is definitely worth like almost a thousand times more now than it, than it was back then steel cars steel trucks and steel bus for 98 cents um a xylophone uh for a dollar 98 cents ah yes which came with a songbook um and each note is numbered <laughs> ah yes musical instruments as toys like the harmonica now. Yeah. Uh, Army Doctor Nurse Kits for $1.98. Um, Army Doctor? Like, did, were they just selling first aid kits to kids? <laughs> the So, basically, it's it's like, you know, it's a bunch of plastic and fake bandages and stuff <laughs> okay, for you playing doctor. It's like the... Uh, the toy kitchen sets oh okay and that All was right, that yeah. was the idea behind him they weren't going to give him like actual morphine and stuff <laughs> let's say it's like no i was thinking just like gauze and like you know like stuff to like stitch people patch people up stitch people up so the uh what, what's kind of fun fact about this the army doctor nurses kits uh their quote is every little boy can play a doctor and every little girl can play a nurse it's uh we've come a long way i was gonna say i'm like we've come a long way we've come a long way <laughs> uh world war ii model playing kits these were very very popular uh one dollar for all five plane kits um which is awesome compared to the other prices of the stuff we're looking at a xylophone cost more and the army doctor slash nurse kits cost more than five model planes um basically they come with model kits uh you cut them out and put them together uh they include the curtis warhawk the mustang like the p51 mustang um the era cobra um and then the uh hawker typhoon and the spitfire uh had really cool names during this time oh yeah (laughs) and they looked cool cool too now planes are just numbers 747 yeah 707 well i mean it's the it's the north american p51 mustang which was our standard issue plane and then the uh the supermarine spitfire was a standard issue for the british and the spitfire is okay um mustang was that was a good fighter um so pull along walking dog uh a pull-along walking dog who waggles along behind you like a real puppy with fascinating leg action. Fascinating leg action. Fascinating. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I- I'm sure it wasn't as great as it sounds. I'm sure 
you know, the cheap ones you can buy from China nowadays are 30 times better <laughs> than the ones they had in the 40s. Maybe. Uh, a farmyard set, which includes a barn, animals, tractor, fences, farmhouse, and much more. That was two ninety eight. Um, World War II Rose O'Neill Cupie doll. So what do you know about Cupie? Nothing. They are naked babies, and they're scary looking. Naked babies? Yeah, basically. And they're like naked do they, baby dolls. Do they come with clothes? Like, do, can you, do you have the option of putting clothes on them? Uh, honestly, I don't remember. They just like they've got really big bellies. They're very like Ken doll styles. So there's there's nothing down there. And then like the heads are very just. They don't look like the normal. I'm plastic. imagining something that looks much weirder than what it probably really no. is. No, it doesn't look too weird. I mean, it still <laughs> like, looks kind of creepy. Big belly, Ken doll, blank. <laughs> I'm like, no. what are you talking? No, it's about? just kind of like a fat baby. Um, <laughs> so. This is some cool Ohio history, uh, since we live here in Ohio. Um, we, we do live in Ohio. Uh, this is true. So Lima, Ohio, I was talking about it earlier with the tank plants. Well, there's this guy who liked the Cupid dolls, and he created a franchise called Cupid. Um, and it still exists to this day in Lima, Ohio, and it's so amazing. Uh, the guy who created Wendy's liked Cupid, worked there, knew the guy, and actually ended up... Um, uh, basically basing Wendy's off of Cupid. Talk so about, before talk about Dave? Yeah. Wendy's Dave? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um and he uh Oh I, I lost my groove. I forgot what I was saying. I'm sorry I distracted you about Dave. I was just like <laughs> Me, I couldn't I'm tired. believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was Dave. Oh, like the old fries. I don't know if you remember this at all. Do you remember before they switched to the sea salt fries? We had it for a bit of our childhood. So the whole what like, do you look what, what do you mean? I don't know. Well, they never had the uh, they had the sea salt fries, but they didn't before that they had kind of more generic fries. I maybe I don't know. I don't think I should have eaten three donuts and drank that coffee. Is it catching up to you? He's catching up to me. I'm feeling kind of ugh. Um, <laughs> well, basically, what happens is he likes Cupy so much he makes a knockoff restaurant of it called Wendy's. And uh, the owner of QP never wanted to leave Lima, um, and it was a it was it's still really good. I love it to this day. If you ever stop by, um, definitely have some QP uh, just to give it a try. QP um, is whole... a restaurant. Yeah, I thought I hear this whole time. I was thinking it was a doll. Well, it is. Oh, it's so based it's off doll. of the QP dolls from the 1940s. Oh, no. so. Um, he created a bunch of illustrations in 1909, and then they were popular from 1912 to 1930s. And uh, Rose O'Neill, uh, the lady who made them, then made them into toys, um, Cupid dolls. So, yeah, basically the guy who made Cupid the restaurant based it off of these dolls because he liked the dolls so much, and then Wendy's based their stuff off of Cupid. Um so like the what the smashed square hamburgers that Wendy's gives or gives you know sells, Cupid uh, had done that first, and they still do it to this day. Um, really, and, and the idea of like dipping your French fries in ice cream, like the malts that they have, Cupid has malts. Uh, of course, they only had chocolate. They got um, malts. Yeah. Oh, now I'm curious. I love malts. And uh, yeah, they 
It's it's a good time. It, it was really good. Um, I'm gonna have to try that. I'm I'm very curious. I've never heard of that. It's it's yummy. Um, I go to Lima quite a bit, so and I, I normally bring some friends up there. So we'll see what's happening next time. Uh, <laughs> we have this huge lake that we like to go to, Lake Winona. Um, it's not really a lake; it's a pond, but. We go up there, and Pond Lake. it's got a bunch of inflatables, and it's just a good time. It makes me feel young. Um, next, Parcheesi. Um, 1940s, it was a, it was a game played uh, during World War II. Uh, yeah. That's it. A lot of 1940s and 50s. Parcheesi. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, 40s and 50s media movies talk about Parcheesi because it was a pretty famous board game. It's like Monopoly or Sorry. Is that what it is? No, but it's as famous as those, I should uh, say. I, like, I've heard of it, but like I just I don't know what it looks like or like how you play it. I just I think it's a funny name. <laughs> so um, along with the uh, you could buy five airplane models for a dollar, um, but each model is 23 cents. Uh, some of the other ones that I didn't list include the Hellcat, um, the Tiger Shark, uh, Flying Fortress, which was the uh, B-52 bomber, uh, and the Corsair, uh, along with Typhoon or Thunderbolt, one of those. Um, Tiddlywinks. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to look up a picture of this because... <laughs> I, you know what? Well, I'm gonna look up what a QP doll looks like because oh yeah, I gotta get this. Uh, I have to confirm that it's not as weird as what I'm imagining it looking like. I have no idea what Tiddlywinks is. What is this? Oh, oh wait. Yeah, QP dolls aren't as uh, weird as. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> They're just. Like, they're just sitting there with their hands out, and they're just kind of like, hmm. they got big eyes, and they're kind of looking off to the side. That one is really creepy. I'm going to have to look into Tiddlywinks, because I have no idea what this game is. What is that? It's a bunch of colored slices, like circular slices, that I think you just kind of quickly lift and try and like shoot it into a bowl um but it was it was, it was a game that was made in the 40s uh 62 cents um and then you had a sidewalk pedal plane uh 1946 is when this was sold um and it was made of steel uh we're just about done with our toys uh we have a wind-up plastic speedboat a steel jeep, pretty cool, huh? Wind up plastic uh, speedboat. Speedboat. Did it go in the water? Like, did it work? Yeah. You wind it up, you put it in the water, and it goes. Um, it was uh, about a foot long. A foot long? A lot of these toys are ridiculously big, or at least so much bigger than toys we have nowadays. Like, uh, these people were buying planes and trucks that were like two to three sometimes four feet and you're like well, i wish i had that <laughs> all of my stuff is maybe like i don't know four to six inches like or those, something i feel like a lot of those toys like the uh the model planes and like the model trains 
it's kind of like one of those things like, oh, yes, you can do this. Your father can do it and like making models, and you can do it too as your son. It's how you bond with your old dad. <laughs> well, so then actually I'll get into this I think more. that's how they marketed that stuff was just kind of be like, this is something you can do as a father-son activity, which I think is pretty cool. I've got a friend who makes models with his dad. I like model planes. Like there's not a lot of that stuff that's like being – yeah, because like – you find it in hobby stores nowadays. But yeah, you really like, I feel like a lot aisles. of it's like it's only something that's just kind of passed down, like someone's dad that like whose dad previously made models with them, and probably whose dad before probably made models with them too. And now it's just like, <coughs> you know, there's a few people out there that like, you know, nowadays they're just like, yeah, I still make models with my son. It's awesome. It's yeah, like, but there's you not a lot of that. They don't uh, like in terms of like marketing. They don't really market a lot of stuff. Is that I don't see that. No, I see a lot more toys. It's like stuff. Like yeah, there's like a lot of toys, but like not really toys that like you can like. This is something you can do that like both you can enjoy and your dad can enjoy, or like your parents can enjoy. Because we already know the parents aren't enjoying it. <laughs> um. So. Uh. Next. 2379 is a chain-driven tricycle in 1949. Um, 2379 in modern money is roughly $200. For and a, wait, for a, for a tricycle? Yeah. Kind of cheap, but also kind of expensive. $200 for a tricycle? Yeah. That's insane. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a frugal guy. Yeah, stuff like that. I'm just well, like, what? 1949, the pedal car, 1895. So that's $5 cheaper than the tricycle. Now, pedal cars are kind of cool. Like, they still make really cool pedal cars of stuff. Yeah, I'd rather have a pedal car than a tricycle. Like, for real. It's like sometimes, like, they make, like, the metal ones. They have, like, of different cars, like, old-style ones. Like, man, like, I see some of them. It's like, those are cool. It's like, I'd be, if I was riding around that, if I was a little kid, I'd be the toast of the town. Now, uh, uh, next you got a wagon, again, a 1949. It's the radio flyer? Yep. Yeah, those wagons are cool. <laughs> uh, I wasn't sure if you were going to know that or not, so I just didn't even bother saying the name. Uh, next is, finally, a 1949, one of the final things that came out uh, is the Velocipede three-wheel bike for $15.65. Uh, so it's a three-wheeled bike. Um, basically, this and the phonograph are two toys that aren't really used, uh, but the words themselves are still used in modern day. Um, now, instead of saying the velocipede, you normally call it a trike. Yeah. Um, and phonograph has been replaced with record player um, or CD player or is it one of those like Fisher Price ones that has like the weird little like plastic? Yep. Yeah, I've seen those and it just has little like bells in it. It's just like it's basically just a glorified music box. Yep. I've seen one of those. Uh so that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um I could go through a few more random fun facts of the decade. Only fifty five percent of all US homes had indoor plumbing at the start of the decade. Fifty five. Well, to be fair, we're coming out of the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. Right. Um, if you say someone cracks you up or cuts a rug, uh, which I don't think people really say cuts a rug. But I, thought cut you up. A, I thought cut a rug was like 
dancing? Uh, possibly. I don't know. I, I don't think I've actually heard of cut a rug. Um, but that is terminology used in the 1940s um, and started and originated in the 1940s. Mm -hmm. um, 1942, they changed the draft from 21 to 18. Uh, let's see. We discussed pretty much all of this. On average, a new car cost $850 in 1940 and $1,420 in 1949. Uh, that went up. Yeah. It basically went from like $15,000 in modern money to $15,200 in modern money. <laughs> um, Only 15000 Yeah, I'm not too sure how accurate that is. I don't think it was a $2 increase, but to be fair, like the inflation rate of the time is very different. Yeah. Like 11 cents to 18 cents was. Or were we still using like, you know, like gold back then, like the, the gold standard? Oh. I don't know. I do not know the answer to that question. I think we were, because I know we stopped for a little bit, and then we started again, and then we, like, really stopped, like, around when, uh, I think, <coughs> was it when Nixon was president? Richard Nixon. Oh, I don't like gold. <laughs> oh, we're just going to print our own money just for fun. So, uh, two more fun facts before we hit uh, midnight and finish it off. Uh, first fun fact is, uh, we discovered the atomic bomb and the slinky. So you were right. Yeah. It was uh, like two completely made, different things <laughs> made out of some, uh, I forget what it was. It was like someone messing around with some like spring in like, I, th I think it was on a ship or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it was someone like around the wartime working on some industrial spring and then it went away, and it's and he said like, "Oh, look at that spring! It's slinking away. I'm gonna make a toy out of that." Woohoo! Woohoo! And then now it's like one. Of the, I think that was one of the most like successful toys ever made. It's just a spring. It's just a spring. And they and like they're fun until you get them like screwed up, and then they just are never. And then they're same. not fun. I don't know. They just I I like my slinkies. They're they're a good time. I love slinkies. But when they get messed up, it, it just makes me sad. Because then it's just like, it's just unusable. It's like, it's like man, this how, is could true. You, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? Um, <laughs> next, the, the final thing that we'll end on. The U.S. population was 132.1 million at the start of the decade. The world population was 2.3 billion. At the end of the decade, the U.S. population was 152.3 million, and the world population was 2.5 billion. So the world population didn't really go up that much, but U.S. population went up by 20 million people. I which just is wait till the 50s, it'll... Well, <laughs> Got just wait till the 50s. The so that brings up a good segue. Mondays at 3 p.m. on tncmedia.org, or you can listen to us on TuneIn, or you can just tune in if you're uh, in the Westerville area. You'll be able to listen to Retrospection Radio Hour. Um, it's a good time. Tune in to 97.5 on your FM dial. <laughs> um, we'll be going over the 1950s next week. Uh, which I feel like could also use another four-hour show. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So much happened in the 50s. I think in the 60s it would be a... 
Honestly, I think pretty much anything like 40s onwards could have made a four-hour show by itself. Honestly, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm dreading to, to pick out the music for the 60s. It's going to be quite a... It's going to be so different from each other. No, it's going to be hard for me because I have to make it not be too long. Yeah, well, it goes from like doo-wop at the beginning to like ELO ba- and rock and roll and all that at the end. Well, basically, you go Beatles. from... Uh, you go pretty much from like the the first half of the the first few years of the the sixties is like the fifties, and then it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way to put it. It is very not. So, uh, you have been listening to nine seven point five WOBN the Wild Card. If you like what you listen to, uh, just you know check us out on tncmedia.org. Drop us a line. Yeah, and then uh, we'll we'll look into seeing if we can do those phone calls and stuff. Um, now, if you like Retrospection Radio Hour or Retrospection in general, you like us, you can find previous episodes, and this episode will actually be posted next Saturday um, on www.retrospectionradio.com. No spaces, no caps, no anything like that. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, social medias in general. Um, Twitter's the only one that's a little bit different at underscore retro radio underscore. Uh, you know, a lot of the names were taken, so I couldn't just, yeah. Um, so you can listen to us on there. It's a good time. The past 24 hours, we've been doing college radio day and we have had a show for every minute of the past 24 hours. We do this every single year and every year it is always wonderful. And it's a great way to start off October. Now, most of our shows aren't spooky, but it's still so wonderful to start off October. So if you've been tuning in throughout the day, thank you so much for dedicating some time to supporting your local colleges um, and just in general to supporting us. Uh, we really appreciate all of the listeners who sit down and are willing to uh, willing to listen. <laughs> Listen to us talk at you for a little bit. Exactly. Even if it's just like, you know, you're driving to the gas station for two minutes and you throw us on. It's it's always good to know people are listening, and it's really good that we're affecting the community in this way. So uh, I, I guess the way to end this is you've been listening to Retrospection Radio Hour on College Radio Day, and uh, this completes the 24-hour broadcasting cycle of College Radio Day. It is now midnight. It's been done. It has been done. It's happened. <laughs> I'm Noah. And I'm Nate. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you on that flip side. We'll see you later. See you in the 50s. <laughs>